Hey everybody, welcome back to the That Sounds Toxic podcast. My name is Keely Stowicki. I'm Chris Davison. And we have been called to create conversations around dating and relationships in pursuit of ending your addiction to toxic love. Today's topic is how do you fix yourself to become somebody that somebody would want to date? So you want to kick us off? Yeah, I think it's a great topic. Um, I think it really alludes into um, who you are, first off. Are you you somebody who somebody wants to date? If you're being honest, not everybody listening, maybe you aren't somebody that somebody wants to date, or at least somebody healthy. So I think the first thing, I mean, it's bullet points. Uh, Take time to know yourself better. Um, Do you really know yourself? Um, You need to uncover some things. What are your values? There's some bullet points I have are values. What are your dreams? What are your goals in dating? What are your aspirations? Does that person line up with your aspirations? Uh, what fears do you have? What beliefs? What limits do you put yourself or others? And what's your priorities? I think it's really important to kind of kick off, you know, about talking about us before we talk about others in a dating process. But what do you think about that, Keely? So when it comes to fixing yourself to be someone that someone wants to date, um, this reminds me of an interaction I had with my mom last summer. And my mom has been married three times, married and divorced three times. And she is a chronic uh, dater. I think that's what I say. She loves dating. Uh, and like we talked about in the last episode, she's not one that wants to date for long-term relationships. Like she wants to, but she's mostly doing it just to have fun. But she asked me, because I asked, she's like, well, why is it that I keep having these certain type of guys that like don't want to commit or don't have anything to offer into the relationship. And I said, well, what is it that you really want in a relationship? And she's like, I don't really know. I said, okay, well, what type of person do you want to be with? And she's like, I don't really know. And I said, okay, well, why don't you define who it is that you want to have as a partner and then go become that person. And I think that is the like you said the awareness is the first thing like you need to know what's important to you and who you are and then define who it is that you want to attract into your life and go become that person because if you want someone who's fit and healthy but you're not fit and healthy yourself and you get in a relationship with someone who's fit and healthy they're going to struggle because their values are to be fit and healthy and yours don't align with theirs. Even though you say it does, even though you want that, you're not embodying that yourself. For in another example, if if you want to be with someone who's good with money, but you're not good with money yourself, that's going to become a difficult uh, situation in the relationship because they're going to feel triggered by your inability to be good with money because their value is to take care of money and to manifest more money. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. I think that was just real quick on the second point is you got to decide to change. And uh, it's easy for us to say what, you know, maybe we want others, but are we that? So I think part of it is, is just doing those things. I'm real big into journaling. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't into it for a while, but it's just become part of my morning routine. And it really helps me with that and meditation, just lay things out, what I want to do for the day, who I am, you know, finding out my why, you know, and in particular, what do I want to achieve or who do I want to be, like you just said. But then work on your vision. Like, 
for the next, you know, where you're going to be in the next six months or three to five years, you don't have to get like super niche down, but having a goal, you said, whether it be fitness and health or whether it be money, you know, you want to align yourself with somebody who you want to be part of, but you, like I said, have to take those steps practically to model that for yourself. And then you'll find somebody because you'll know the steps and you'll know what it looks like to have a person or a partner who uh, who has the same uh, vision or same goals for money or fitness or health or whatever it is that you really value. So great points. That's a great point. I think a couple others are, uh, you know, know your values, what's important to you, and then practicing mindfulness are kind of a couple I want to piggyback on. Mm-hmm. And I know having a value system, what's important to you. And sometimes just asking others around you, what do you think my values are? And they may say things like, well, relationships or helping others, or it may be things like, you know, your future plans are really important to you or your faith. So what do you think about values and just looking forward to your vision, your values, why that's important um, to become the person you want to be? Um, well, values are everything. And a lot of time, I remember working with a life coach and she was having me organize all of these words into Mm -hmm. um into a like sequence that made sense and the words were like i think i chose like freedom leadership learning and she was like oh these are your values and i was like cool i had no idea what that actually meant it wasn't until years later when i started becoming um a copywriting and marketing coach and now working in the life coaching space that i actually understand what values are and so when when people say values it's really the things that bring you the most joy throughout your day. And if you mm-hmm. love learning, you're going to love reading. You're going to love listening to podcasts. You're going to love watching inf- you know, uh, educational YouTube videos. If you love freedom, you're going to align your schedule to allow you to do whatever you want when you want. Right. <laughs> um, and that's, those are your values and, and, you have to break it down even more into, okay, well, how do they manifest into the day? And what are things that I'm not willing to give up? Um, and if you can really embody your values and, and be someone that lives in alignment with them, you're then going to be someone that someone wants to be with because nobody wants to be with someone that says, oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be healthy. I value health. And you're like eating McDonald's every day. Like you're going to, you're going to drive anybody totally insane that you're in a partnership with because they're going to be like you have no integrity yeah yeah i see that <laughs> i still laughing because i see it myself and i also see it in others it's yeah. easy i think one of my favorite sayings is we judge ourselves based on our intentions we judge others based on their actions uh-huh. so i'm laughing because i'm thinking about that as you're sharing and uh for me how i counteracted that was mindfulness um just focus on mindfulness and self-awareness and I think it's really easy to do, but it's something I don't do a lot of, but I need to do more of. So just looking, you know, being mindful, being self-aware, um, paying attention to the little things that I do and say and think about. I think that's really important. And then be aware how you or how I interact with others, how negatively or positively my self-talk is. I think really being mindful of that. And then bring it, I said, I made some notes here, bring attention to the present every day and you'll start noticing things about yourself that you hadn't thought about before. And just some questions I like to ask are, what does my routine say about me? It's like you said about money or fitness. Are my habits harming my growth? What can I learn from analyzing the people I spend the most time with? I think it's just huge who you spend time with. So for me, meditating five, 10 minutes a day is something I do. 
and then just start journaling about it. And I think that really helps me be mindful about my feelings, my thoughts. And it's really helped me to see who I am and who the person I want to be for somebody else. But it's just a short thing I do every day, but I think it's it has a, a ripple effect throughout my whole day, if that makes sense. But what do you think about mindfulness or or, or how to apply that? Yeah, so I call it radical self-awareness. It's part of my framework that I work when I work with ladies. Mm -hmm. um, you have to become radically self-aware of your triggers, um, the your your attachments to things, um, your responses, your feelings, all of that stuff is required, especially when it comes to partnership, because if you're somebody who is highly sensitive and your emotions go from being super, super high to super, super low, and you put that baggage onto a partner, you're going to drain them constantly. Like you have to be radically self-aware and then you have to be mindful in, in how you deal with those things yourself. Um, so I think that stuff is super important and it's, it is hard. It's hard to take responsibility for your feelings because it's so easy to be like, oh, well, it be in victim mindset and be like, oh, well, he just does this all the time. And it's his fault that he makes me feel this way. Well, I remember being so annoyed when my friend would be like, well, you're a or my coach, my first coach would say, well, you're allowing him to feel, make you feel that way. And I was like, well, but he's doing it. You know, it's easy to be in victim mindset. But he's doing it. And if he just stopped, I would feel better. And it, now I understand, oh, well, I do have a choice to be like, okay, that's bothering me. What can I do about it? I can either um, get out of this relationship because it keeps happening and he, I communicate it to him that I don't like it. Um, or I can learn to be okay with it and just tolerate it. So yeah, those are all really important things. <laughs> That's good. The thing you just said, you know, let go or tolerate it. And a part of that leads to, uh, you know, I have let go of your frustrations. And you, know, you could tell the measure of a person by what makes them angry. And mm -hmm. I think this, you know, I don't think I'm good at a lot of things, but yoga, and I tried that. I really enjoyed it. And uh, one of the things I learned in yoga is I am not flexible. I have pretty good balance, but I'm not flexible. And if everybody else in the group was like way more flexible than me. But what it taught me is how do I respond or react to not being flexible? And I think. I was just reading a good book, Victor Frankl, The uh, um, Man's Search for Meaning. He talks about between uh, the um, you know, the stimulus and response, and we have control of what's in between the stimulus and then our response. So that's where we have control. I think letting go of frustrations, like for me in yoga, I wasn't super flexible, but I did the best I could. And I used to get, I get frustrated at first, and I learned how to let it go and just practice and enjoy it. I think looking for the things that trigger you or frustrate you and then just being able to to manage that. I don't think we're ever going to have things that don't bother us, but it's how we manage it. And between that trigger and then how we react or respond is what we have control of. So for me, that was like a huge lesson. And I think that became a person that, that for me, helped me to become somebody who other people want to date. So you mm -hmm. want to touch on that at all? I'm sorry. Um, no, I don't have any comment to that. I thought it was beautifully said. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So <laughs> how about here? I think it's a good one. I think this is just my experience. And I definitely want you to weigh on this after I get my two cents, but you know, getting rid of guilt. I know a lot of you know religious people background will have guilt or that guilt and shame is a real big deal, especially for women. I think guys have some, but I see it more prevalent. Correct me if you think I'm wrong. More so in women because they really feel like they're responsible for a relationship or how it's going to go or it's a success or failure. 
I was talking to somebody last night and if they see people around them who are happy, they feel responsible to maybe they did something wrong or responsible to have that person be happy. What do you think about getting rid of guilt and kind of shedding that um, to be the person you wanted somebody else to date? Yeah. So this is something I had to learn because I was that person where um, Teal Swan talks about this a lot and she's one of the controversial YouTubers that they like did this documentary on her. And uh, anyway, she says that most impasse aren't actually true natural born impasse. We learn to scan the room for the person that is the least happy because it's a um, trauma response that we have because in the home, if our parent was unhappy, we and we wouldn't get our needs met unless we made them happy. And so we learn because of this parenting style to take on other people's emotions. And I had to learn that other people's emotions weren't my responsibility. It wasn't my responsibility to make everybody happy around me. And if I put a boundary in place or said something that upset somebody, that it was safe to do that. It was safe to speak my mind and say, hey, this is bothering me and allow them to get angry about it. Because in the past, I remember there was a time when I was probably about 10 or 11, maybe I was 11 or 12. And we were in the car. It was my dad was driving and my stepmom was in the front seat and my brother was next to me. And I made some comment about a movie I'd seen about, I think it was like the new Snow White movie had come out. I don't remember which one it was, but it was one of the live action ones. And I said something about the evil stepmother and my, my stepmom thought that I was talking about her and the car went silent. And that's when I knew I was in trouble. And the next day when I came, came back from school, my stepmom had taken all of my furniture and everything out of my bedroom as a punishment for saying this, this thing. And I had to just sleep on the mattress on the floor with all my things taken out of my room. It went on for like about a month or so. And so I think it was in that moment that solidified that it wasn't safe for me to say anything or to speak my mind because there would be consequences based on how I made other people feel. And so as I carried that into my adult relationships, it really was a difficult thing for me to put boundaries in place and say what I meant and and even say when I didn't like something in fear of uh, creating an emotion in that other person. And so when you can learn that other people's emotions aren't yours, aren't yours to carry, and you can be okay with them having their feelings over there and not being affected by them and not taking them on, that's when you find real freedom and you find the being around people to be way less draining. That's a great point. I think uh, you can't take on other people's stuff. I really agree with that. And that really, so here's something I do from a value standpoint, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying with people pleasing or the fear of others, what they think, you know, I think something that really helps me, and I'm just, this is just how I'm wired is identifying obstacles because you're going to have problems. So let's talk about them. Let's get them out in the open. And one of the things um, I think this is really important to do, an action step is you take pen and paper, make a list of obstacles preventing you from living the life you want. And once you that kind of made this list, take a look at it and circle the ones within your control. And obviously that's what you can make an impact on. Then cross out the ones related to other people and the ones you can't objectively do something about. And uh, how many of these reasons or obstacles are directly related to your mindset. So you can identify self-doubt somewhere on that list, I'm sure. But I think that's good. We just aren't responsible for other people's emotions or feelings 
obviously we can't go around crushing everybody's spirit, but we we're just we we just can't own everybody's stuff. But I think when you're a people pleaser or you have fear of ramifications from others, like your experience you just shared, I think it does play in a major in a major way. Um, and then, so the big thing I like to do is from the standpoint of not to focus on the negative, but with what you shared is focus on habits, not goals, and and how you can practically, just like you did, you can do some practical steps. So, what do you think about that? Why I think that's a big deal to focus on habits, not goals, Keely. Um, when it comes to dating, um, mm-hmm. being the person you want to be at to date. Yeah. So. I mean, obviously the habits are going to help you get to the goal because you want to have the goal, but if you just like, you can't have a, you can't achieve a goal without actually like doing the things. And that means focusing on changing the habits so you can get there. And the best way to do this, to change habits is to find someone that has the type of relationship that you want and really look at how it is they communicate and how it is that they go about approaching that relationship. But it can be so hard to see our blind spots, like so incredibly hard. And this is, it's, I think it's nearly impossible to heal these things without having support through a coach or a counselor or a mentor or something like that. Because I know that it was only it was five years ago when I started, hired my first life coach. I even had counseling before that and counseling was great and it helped me get out of a bad relationship, but it wasn't until I hired the life coach and the life coach w- called me out of my victim mindset and I didn't like it at all. But I feel like <laughs> counselors will often just validate, 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 make you feel better, help you talk through it. Talk therapy is great. And it can get you so far, but it's not until someone actually starts like being a little mean to you and calling you out on your crap that you can actually start changing those habits. Yeah, that's great. And I really, you just did a great job segueing into my next point is, you know, let others inspire you or help you. And I think, you know, if you pay attention to what others are doing who are healthy, I think it's really like a mentor or a coach or a friend you have who's really healthy or a marriage relationship you like to model if you pay attention to their habits, what they practice, and what are some of the success things they do? Just some questions I have are, you know, is it meditation? Do they exercise? Do they eat healthy? Do they go on retreats or seek help? Do they read daily? Do they have relaxing hobbies and how they care about themselves? What kind of progress do they seem to make continually? So I think it's real important to have somebody um, in your life that can really help you with that and having a mentor or a model because, you know, it's just, I think it's a path of least resistance to find somebody who's already doing what you want to do and then try to emulate that. That's mm-hmm. a great, I totally agree with that hundred percent. So. Okay. Well, as we. How about um, looking at. I'll go for it. Go ahead, please. Do you have some no, more ahead, bullet points for this? No, no, no. We just wanted to, I just got one kind of main point I wanted to hit, but I think you're heading that way. So go ahead. <laughs> what do you think is one uh, practical step we can get to stop it in toxic love? Yeah. So when it comes to, to working on yourself to be someone that someone wants to date, it is, I think the biggest piece of advice is one that I'd heard through a reel from another relationship coach was to really detail out what it is you want in a dream partner and become that person, become the person that you would want to be in a partnership with, because then you're going to be in alignment with their values. But you also need to be aware 
of your own values. And if you're like, oh, I want to be with someone that has a six pack and is super sexy, blah, 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 but you're not into health and fitness yourself, that's going to be a hard thing for you. You're going to have to make health and fitness your value in order to align with that. So really just radical self-awareness around values and becoming the person that you would want to be in a relationship with. Yeah, just, just to really piggyback on what you just said, that radical self-awareness. I just said the biggest thing is take action. I think all of us know the kind of person we want to be and just take an action to be that person. Um, you know, getting off the couch, turn the TV off, um, you know, not scrolling social media all the time, you know, but using to eat healthy, to prepare a good meal, to just go for a walk. Maybe not just go for the gym, but go for a walk. Start it. You know, take small steps, take action now would be the thing I'd really recommend to be the person you want to be versus waiting till things are perfect, waiting till you find the right person or waiting till you are super motivated or you feel like you're ready. So 100% agree with what you just said, Keely. Really appreciate the conversation. I think we're heading further and further down the road to stop ending toxic love. So I'm really excited about the conversation today. And as always, I appreciate our time together. Yeah, yeah. I think that with each conversation, uh, we get closer to ending cycles of toxic love.